0: summer you know that we are in the middle of a sermon series called what would Jesus say what would Jesus say we um, have been moving through this set of topics submitted by you earlier this year we opened up a form online for you to submit your most burning questions that you really really want to know about what Jesus would say about various aspects of our modern life together. The responses were interesting, to say the least. Uh, We got things like, what would Jesus say about science or evolution or dinosaurs? Uh, What would Jesus say about fast food or consumerism? And this one, I think, was just someone trolling us. They asked, what would Jesus say about Twinkies? Um, So we're not going to do a whole sermon on that one, but I guess we could have a conversation about it if you're the person who submitted that. (laughs) We got questions like, what would Jesus say about mental health? Or what would Jesus say to the LGBTQ community? Really important questions like those. But today we're going to engage a question that to me on the surface uh, seems a little bit innocuous maybe. And that question is, what would Jesus say about social media? Just the mention of the topic reminds me of an assignment that I had in college. So, as a reminder, I went to a Christian college in Texas, which might contextualize this assignment a little bit for you. Uh, It challenged me to create a Facebook page for Jesus. As I recall, I did get an A on the assignment, uh, mostly because I approached it with a lot of snark and silliness, um, because I created these messenger conversations between Jesus and all of the disciples, and I made them use all of these really obscure biblical references, and I thought it was funny, Um, and apparently so did my professor, who was also a nerd, so (laughs) it worked out well for me. Um, I tried to find a copy of this assignment, but no luck, which is probably good, because you all, uh, I think, would have judged me for using such low-hanging, cheesy, biblical humor. So it works out. This week, though, um, I talked to a couple of people, just who were around me, about this question. I asked them, what do you think Jesus would say about social media? And this is generally the response that I got, something like this, just this face. Um, (laughs) So to be fair to those folks who made that face at me, uh, it is a strange question, right? Because For all of the obvious reasons, Jesus never talked about social media during his life, right? We know that to be very true. The closest thing to social media in his day might have been, like, the Roman baths or, like, the temple courtyard. I don't know. There's really nothing comparable um, in in that day. In fact, I actually think Jesus himself is pretty ill-suited to social media. Not very many of his thoughts can fit into 280 characters or, like, a one-minute video clip, right? Right? He's pretty wordy, uh, hence our scripture passage for today, right? Jesus doesn't really fit in social media in bite-sized chunks. Probably his, his most famous speech is called the Sermon on the Mount, right? H- emphasis on sermon. And we all know that sermons tend to last a little bit longer than we would all like, right? <laughs> um, I'll try not to do that too much today. <laughs> But the other thing about Jesus is that he had only 12 followers for kind of a long time. So I just don't think um, Jesus would be very good at social media. Here's the conclusion I've come to, though. I'm not sure if Jesus really would have a strong opinion about it at all. I don't think he would extol the virtues of Instagram or condemn TikTok as like a tool of the enemy or anything like that. I'm not sure how interested he would be in whether or not we chose to engage social media. So what would he say about it? Meh. (laughs) I don't know. Um, I don't think he would say much, at least not directly. I think Jesus instead would ask us a lot of questions. Here's what I think Jesus would ask. Not, is social media bad or good? That's not the question. I think the question he would ask is, what effect does social media have on us, on the world, on each other? Because although I don't believe Jesus would care very much about Facebook, I happen to know that Jesus cares very much about us, about you. Jesus cares very much about the state of our world. Jesus cares very much about those people right now who are oppressed or who are suffering. That's what Jesus cares about. And while A lot of the engagement that you might find on social media tends to be pretty frivolous. There are aspects of it that can have a great impact on our lives together as a society. So let's start today with the bright side of social media. I don't want you to hear me say that social media and technology are evil and we shouldn't use them, um, because that's not us. That's not us. Um, There are good things about social media. So say what you will about it, but social media actually has been a place of witness for me over the last probably 10 or 12 years since I first started using it. And witness is just that churchy word uh, that just means that I'm able to talk about my faith and my work in the church uh, in a way that some people have really appreciated. I've had folks who I know really well and folks who I don't know really well reach out to me to say, thank you so much for sharing that. That really made a difference for me or that really helped me see something in a new way. So that's pretty cool. Um, Similarly, our church... Um, has social media. You might know that already. And there are people who have never been to our church before, people who have never been to North Carolina before, who have encountered our church online via various social media platforms, and they've been really encouraged, really touched by our identity as a community and the work that we do together. So social media can really be a tool in our tool belt if we can figure out um, how to use it, if, if we can figure out how to offer maybe what we might call a different way uh, than the way that some folks engage on social media. Another really wonderful part about it is the connections. Um, The founder of Methodism, John Wesley, is known for saying something like this. He says, um, solitary religion is not to be found. Holy solitaries is a phrase no more consistent with the gospel than holy adulterers. (laughs) love John Wesley. Uh, (laughs) The gospel of Christ knows no religion but social, no holiness but social holiness. And he's right. We are social creatures. I think we know that now more than ever before after the last couple of years we've endured. And our holiness before God is social holiness. That is, there's no way to really be holy if you just barricade yourself away from the world. It's easy to be holy when there's nobody around, right? (laughs) Holiness requires other people. So social media, whatever your opinion on it, has done much to connect us, to expand our connections. And for some of us, it even became lifeblood in the midst of the lockdown, right? It gave us a chance to be uh, in community with one another in a safe way when we couldn't gather in person. There are many communal benefits to our creative use of the internet for purposes of connection, either religiously or otherwise. Social media can, can be a gift to a person of faith. It can be a gift to those of us who thrive on connection. It can be a gift to the church if we do it right. But we would also, I think, be naive to imagine that there are only good things that social media does for us, that there are only good impacts that it has. We would be naive to imagine that there are no consequences for creating a whole new world online as we have over the last 10 or 20 years. There are many consequences, and not all of them are good. For example, social media has been one of the primary stages for misinformation over the last 10 years or so. Through these complex algorithms, which we've been hearing a lot about in the media, Um, Social media users are fed this, like, siloed information and news that often sort of reinforces beliefs and values instead of offering a a more complete picture of reality. That happens to all of us. And, of course, anyone can post their opinion, and they do. (laughs) Frequently and loudly. (laughs) Often with no fact-checking, no valid sources, no accountability. Social media has played a big part in, in this new and growing phenomenon, maybe you've noticed it too, that expert opinions don't matter like they used to. Uh, maybe you've heard someone say the phrase, I've done my own research on that, to which I always want to say, oh, I didn't realize you did a, a peer study, a peer-reviewed study with an appropriate number of participants. Uh, but that's, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> but all of this Culture that is created by social media contributes to a really concerning bending of fact, a bending of the truth, almost like a distortion of the truth. And as someone ultimately concerned with truth, I think Jesus would be worried anytime someone was manipulated um, via misinformation. Um, Not only that, but social media has also been monetized and ultimately used to further encourage us into this culture of rampant consumerism, right? We are advertised everything that our hearts could possibly desire, everything that the listening ears of our phones can overhear. As someone who regularly encourages uh, people to, to sell their possessions and give them to the poor, I can't imagine that Jesus would be a super huge fan of that. Also, I think Jesus would just be creeped out uh, by targeted advertisements like the rest of us are. <laughs> Has that ever happened to you? Have you ever been talking about an item and then minutes or hours later there's an advertisement for it in your, in your news feed? Um, what's worse, what's more disturbing is when they're effective. <laughs> I've discovered over the last couple of years that I am incredibly suggestible. <laughs> Uh, A few months ago, I was talking to a friend about how hard it is to get my dog's hair off of my couch, it just like weaves in there, and a few hours later, I had an advertisement for this handy little uh, doohickey over here, Um, and a couple of days later, I had one, Uh, (laughs) so the good news is that I have a lot less dog hair on my couch now, (laughs) so that's cool, (laughs) Uh, but right about now, you might be thinking, okay, yes, we can all agree, misinformation is dangerous, and, um, you know, these targeted advertisements are pretty creepy, but so what, right? Well, ultimately, I, I do think Jesus is concerned about those effects that social media has on us, but I also think Jesus would ask us another question, too. And that question is this. <laughs> How do we behave On social media, or if you're not someone who uses social media, how do you behave in public places? Our scripture passage for today is a particularly long section from the Sermon on the Mount. And in it, uh, in these 21 verses, Jesus very thoroughly addresses what we might call performative religion. Don't be showy, Jesus says. Don't perform your piety in the streets as though you need everyone to see it for it to be valid. Instead, meet God in the quiet places. Meet God in private. Meet God in solitude. And there, you'll be able to really please God with your prayers and your piety. That's the best way to go about it. And just in case we're not clear on that, Jesus says it like five different ways. (laughs) Do your business with God Uh, by yourself. Don't always do it in public in front of everyone else. And it might be easy for us to think that we don't fall into the categories of the people that Jesus is talking to here, right? Like, we're not the professionally religious, at least you're not, I am, um, but we're not the, the performatively religious people that Jesus was very clearly talking to here. But Jesus was preaching to the masses, right? This is the Sermon on the Mount. He gets on, well, it's really just like a big hill, it's not quite a mountain, but um, he gets on the top of this hill so that all of these people that have gathered to hear him can actually hear him, right? It's not just the religious folks, he's preaching just as much to the average Joes as to anybody else. And he couldn't have been any clearer. When it comes to giving to the poor, which Jesus assumes that we are doing, by the way, when it comes to our prayers When it comes to fasting and spiritual discipline, we are to do these things with and for God alone. As someone who has a lot of uh, Christian friends and followers on social media, as someone who engages with Christian people in the public sphere fairly often, I can tell you, I can report back, that we are frequently and aggressively failing Jesus on this front. Modern American Christian culture is incredibly performative. We want everyone to know not only the good that we are doing and the holiness with which we are doing it, but we also want everyone to know that we are righteous before God. Or maybe even more than that, we just want everyone to know that we are right. And then we expect everyone else to be right in the same way that we are. And that's the only way that they can be righteous before God is if they follow our rules. We are preachy, we are moralistic, we're showy, and we're self-serving. But Jesus says, show me a person who goes about their faith quietly, without a performance, and I'll show you someone who truly and intimately knows God. I'll show you someone whose life of service and whose genuine heart is the most pleasing worship to God. So would Jesus have much to say to us directly about social media? I'm not really sure. Sure. But I am positive that what he would say to us is much bigger than just that. Much more important than just whether we choose or not to engage it. Ultimately, I believe Jesus is concerned with where we invest ourselves in the world and how we invest ourselves in the world. If you were able to uh, stay tuned in to that very long scripture reading that Liz did so well for us, at the very end of that... Jesus says these kind of famous words. He says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. If you're someone who is able to use your treasure in worthy and life-giving ways, his statement becomes one of comfort. This beautiful suggestion that uh, the places and the things and the people that we invest our treasure in become somehow the location of our heart. It's lovely and it's noble and it might even be a little bit romantic uh, when we think about the heart as the location of our emotions, our affections, our feelings, our love. But Jesus and his disciples saw the heart a little bit differently. They meant something else by that word. When they talk about the heart, they talk about the seat of thinking, the place where um, all of our motivations come from. The places where uh, we might feel convicted or we might ask ourselves if what we're doing is right. A place of moral disposition. Much more so than for us. For Jesus, the heart is really the core of a human being, the core of who we are, our character, what motivates us to act in the world the place from which all else flows. Jesus is saying where we decide to put our treasure sort of the, defines the location of our being. Or, in the words of the great prophets, Mumford and Sons, where you invest your love, you invest your life. So, if that's what heart means, then what about treasure? Well, I think treasure is anything that matters to you. For some of the people who were sitting at the feet of Jesus that day, all those years ago, treasure was very literal, right? It was money and all of the power and the privilege that came along with that. But for other people who didn't have any money, it was all the other things that they did have, right? Maybe time, energy, passion, even emotions. Treasure is uh, as jesus would say the pearl of great price it is the the currency of investment that you have to offer to the world one of the best definitions i've seen of this kind of treasure uh, is actually from the membership vows uh, of the church so anytime someone joins a united methodist congregation we ask them some pretty serious questions Uh, and one of them is will you support the ministries of this church by your prayers your presence, your gifts, your service, and your witness. That's a lot of things. (laughs) And that is your treasure. Of course, the church does need financial support to thrive and function in the world. That's just reality. But even more than that, the church needs our treasure. It needs our prayers and our hopes for its future. It needs our generosity in so many different ways. It needs our presence of support in the community, our spiritual gifts utilized in service. It needs us to witness to the world about the impact of our encounters with the living God that we've had in this place and in this community. That's what the church needs, way more than a check. So how can we measure the places that should be worthy of this treasure? The places that... uh, Are therefore worthy of our hearts, the very core of who we are? Is social media worthy of our treasure? One of the most helpful measures for me uh, also comes from our Methodist tradition. It comes from something that is called the General Rules. They were written by John Wesley way back in the day. um, And so they need a little bit of translating, but I trust that you'll be able to follow along just fine. He says, It is therefore expected of all who continue therein that they should also continue to evidence their desire of salvation. So if you want to be a part of this Jesus movement, show us that you're into it, right? That's what John Wesley is saying. First, by doing no harm, by avoiding evil of every kind, especially that which is most generally practiced. Secondly, by doing good, By being in every kind, merciful after their power as they have opportunity, doing good of every possible sort as far as possible to all men, to all humanity. Thirdly, by attending upon all the ordinances of God. That's what John Wesley says we should do. These are our general rules. This is how we should govern our lives. Do no harm. Do good and attend upon all the ordinances of God. If we can engage social media or really any aspect of our life in these three ways, if we can be absolutely sure that our actions will do no harm, that they will do good, that they will help us be attentive to the presence of God, then I don't think Jesus would be able to find a bone to pick with us about it. So let's start at the top then, do no harm. What does that mean? We can start by saying that it is incumbent upon us, as disciples of Jesus Christ, who is the way and the truth and the life, to not participate in the spreading of misinformation and untruths. This is good advice for social media and just for life in general. Misinformation, studies have shown, is one of the most harmful aspects of social media. It's one of the most damaging parts of our modern society. It does a lot of harm, it's been proven. And we should do everything in our power not to participate in. Our values of operations should be honesty and truth and reality based in fact. We should have a holy concern for the truth, which is Jesus. There's also a a way to engage social media that can be harmful to us as individual people. Maybe you've read some of the same studies that I have that talk about the effects that social media have had on this upcoming generation, right? If we allow social media to be the place that we look for validation, it then can warp our perception of ourselves and of other people. And it can force us to play this very dangerous and painful comparison game. Constantly comparing our lives and feeling like we've come up short again and again and again. Jesus might say something like, don't put your pearls before swine. Don't allow your life to be filtered through likes or through uh, retweets or through affirmation from friends or even from strangers. This is how we can do no harm to others and to ourselves. But this is not enough that's just where we start we also have to figure out how to do good so how can we do that well we can do this by finding i think the best ways to invest our treasure if we choose to use this tool of social media we should use it to further our connections to increase our good deeds to bring more attention to matters that we know are close to the heart of god So if you want to raise money for a good cause on your birthday on Facebook, go for it. That is good. If you want to speak in the public sphere to raise awareness about important community issues, go for it. That is good. If you want to engage with people who are spiritual seekers looking for an encounter of the divine, and you want to share hope with them that it is possible, go for it. That is good. Before every post, every picture, every tweet, if you can pause long enough to ask, is this going to do harm? Is it going to do good? And if you can find good answers to both of those questions, then I think you've got a foolproof way to engage social media in a way that Jesus might approve of. But that final question remains, how do we use it to attend upon all the ordinances of God? What does that even mean anyway? Well, John Wesley defines it in a very particular way. I would say our our definition is a little more expansive than this one. But he says, um, the ordinances of God are the public worship of God, the ministry of the word, either read or expounded, the supper of the Lord, family and private prayer, searching the scriptures, fasting or abstinence. Such a fun list of (laughs) activities, I know. I would just like to point out that it does say or abstinence. It doesn't say and abstinence. (laughs) Anyway. But these these are practices that can be at the core of the Christian life. So if we can engage public life in such a way as to increase our experience of God in these practices, then I believe we could really justify our choice to use social media. Um, At the risk of uh, being too Methodist, I I didn't want to sound like I only ever quote John Wesley, so I wanted to bring in another theologian. Uh, This one is a Catholic priest. Uh, His name is Richard Rohr, and he always says that the best critique of the bad is the practice of the better. This is wisdom that he draws from the life and uh, the stories of St. Francis of Assisi. And it's this idea that it is much better to live out our own faith, our own convictions, rather than to belittle that of another person. This is a principle that we can see repeatedly in the life and teachings of Jesus, too. Does Jesus call out and even condemn harmful and destructive practices when the time calls for it. Absolutely, he does that. I'm thinking about Jesus coming into the temple and overturning the tables of the money changers when he realized that they were trying to benefit monetarily from genuine worship and the religious devotion of the poor, right? Jesus was righteously angry, and he put a stop to it immediately. But more often than not, Jesus, when he encounters people, whose lifestyles don't exactly align with his, he kind of leaves them to their own devices most of the time. Instead, Jesus uh, embodies something different. Instead of lecturing them or yelling at them or trying to strong-arm them in the comment section on Facebook, Jesus embodies the practice of the better. Jesus embodies peace and wisdom and faith and justice and love. And Jesus is really calling us to do the same. Whether you choose to be on social media or not, I believe the words of Jesus today are calling us to the practice of a different way, a third way, a better way. Jesus is calling us to very quietly go about our life of faith and to allow our actions to speak louder than our words. Jesus is inviting us to resist the temptation to loudly and publicly condemn those we perceive to be on the other side because Jesus says there is no other side and he asks us to do this at the very least so that we might avoid becoming hypocrites ourselves that's the number one word that non-Christians think of when they think about Christians hypocrites we don't want to be that Jesus is calling us to consider the challenging and holy work of sometimes holding our tongues when the situation calls for it. And instead, allowing our bold acts of prayer and service and generosity and forgiveness and justice to speak for us instead. Jesus is calling us to do no harm and do good and to attend upon the ordinances of God. Really, Jesus is just calling us to embody the words of that little prayer that he suggests for us. Maybe you've heard it before. It's the one that says, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Whether we like it or not, social media is a part of life on earth. And so may we choose to engage it in a way that will build it into something that is much less hellish and much more like the heaven that we want to live in forever. In the name of the creator and the redeemer and the sustainer. Amen. Thank you for listening to The Peak Podcast. Make sure you subscribe wherever podcasts can be found. For more information on how to get connected with our church, please visit us at thepeakchurch.org.